0: Coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose, welcome to the Living Legends
1: Podcast. Sweet, let's just crack on then, shall we? Welcome back to the Living Legends Podcast. I'm your host for today. My name's Az from Go Again Gaming, and with me, as always, is uh, some of my best friends in Flesh and Blood. And... Uh, We've got Kel, first of all, how's it going? Hello!
0: I'm doing very well today. Um, we're going to be talking about some stuff that is very near and dear to me, so I'm excited for this episode.
2: So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. And then we've got Bill over there, the king of the buzzsaw trap. <laughs> God I damn it. it! I feel there's a story- <laughs> oh,
0: no, wait, I saw the tweet! <laughs> I saw your tweet about buzzsaw trap.
3: so I don't... Oh, it
1: was so savage, man. <laughs> yeah, that
3: was that was some pretty good stuff. Um, but yes, I am Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, As and I have been doing uh, weekly um, Azalea Gauntlet CC games. Um, they've been quite fun. Uh, the last time we found out, because uh, I was playing Riptide, just how good uh, Buzzsaw Trap is against somebody who decides to play, I think it was like three or four buffs on a single arrow. Yeah. Um, pretty good response.
0: <laughs> oh, that was I, vile. But so Riptide, I won't talk too much about this, but Riptide's legendary traps, um, specifically Buzzsaw and Collapsing Trap, are disgusting against we certain really are. uh I played against Steven in the Outsiders skirmish uh, gauntlet that uh, that Az and, and Bill were actually on as well. And, mm. uh, and when I say Steven, I mean DM Armada. And uh, he was playing Riptide and I was playing Katsu and everything in my deck has go again. So collapsing trap <laughs> always just goozles me like no matter what. So the first <laughs> time I got goozled. absolutely got by it and I, I kept that game as one of the ones in the, in the thing. So I, I played it. And I'm like, I'm sure the, I'm sure the order doesn't matter. I'll attack with this card. And he's like collapsing trap. I had one card left in my hand um, oh. that, that I was going to pitch to attack with like my yeah. Kadachis and stuff. And then he Get just collapsing trap, <laughs> collapsing trap me, and I had to discard that card and then draw one less. And one less than one is zero, so I drew zero cards. Um, wow. And so the the next time we played with like the no budget versions, I always had to think, I'm like, does he have collapsing trap? Um, yeah. You have to play around It it's, it it will destroy you. So.
1: And that's exactly what happened. I mean, we'll go into this week in Fab, um, like off the back of this, because that's what we were doing this week. Um, But yeah, as you say, it's like they are very niche, the traps, but when they hurt you, they really hurt you. And uh, there was a point there when I was playing against Riptide and I was like, right, here's the bloody buzzsaw trap all over again. Yeah, I've definitely got a most-hated card in Outsiders, and that's probably what it is, Buzzsaw Trap. I,
0: I think Dorinthia with these players would probably agree with you. But like, yeah. yeah. Dorinthia,
1: yeah, that's right. Shuts just, them down. It just dunks
0: her. Like, absolutely oh. dunks her, because it blocks for three as well. So it it just blocks yeah. Dawnblade, period. Like, it's just like, nah, No more. No, None of that. None of that. You don't even... You don't get no buffs, and no, no
1: buffs. Doesn't even get counter buffs, either. No, nope. like no buffs. Oh and, gold. Nice. and
0: because of that, it removes the counters at the end of the turn. Oh, so it's like so even rich. if they had some really good turns and got like two counters on it and they're like, Oh, I'm gonna win, look at my look at my Dawnblade, a single trap just hoses it entirely. Yeah, it's it's
3: kind of unreal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Because uh, I was, I was asking, I was asking like Bill when we were playing. I was, I was thinking, is there any cards that actually can recur that? But there isn't anything that gets d or anything back, is there? Because like Remembrance is action cards, Cardavorous Contraband is action cards. There's nothing at the moment printed that says get back any cards, like a Eternal Witness type effect. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. There's no, nothing that does
3: that. As far as I'm aware, thankfully not. Uh, yeah, so- no. <laughs> the legendary traps are uh, one ofs, and they are one ofs. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. There's instance too. Yeah, I don't think there's any way to get reactions or instance. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but um, but yeah, that was that was a pretty pretty cool story for for this week's infab. Um, finally realizing some power that Riptide has in his specializations. What about mm-hmm. everybody else? Anybody, anybody else been up to much this week in their flesh and blood? Anything? Um, I mean,
3: I... Uh, oh, do you want to go first? No, you can
0: go. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs>
3: okay. Uh, well, I won't fight you over that. I, uh, <laughs> I've i been forcing myself to... And, like, forcing myself is such a uh, an intense <laughs> word usage for this sort of thing. But I've been trying to make it a point to play more Flesh and Blood for fun instead of just for content. Yeah. Um, mm. Because I did definitely sort of slip into that for a little while. But uh, the main thing that I, I tried to do for that was uh, just sign up for all of the skirmishes that we had locally, because um, mm. we have three LGSs that were each holding a skirmish. And uh, tomorrow, actually, as of uh, recording, we're recording this on Friday, the 21st, tomorrow is the last of three. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I've been doing reasonably well. I hit top eight in the first one, top four in the second one. Um nice and uh, obviously tomorrow's hasn't happened yet but uh yeah then this past monday as well uh, i don't remember if i had mentioned this i think i did but i um i decided to play in the armory that happens on mondays and i brought chain and uh i just got the cleanest 4-0 that i've ever gotten in my entire life um
0: (laughs) chain's good yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's especially good when all of your blood debt uh gets banished from your shackles. Uh you get like two blood debt cards a turn. Um yeah. you just like kind of can't lose. It. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah.
0: For the skirmishes, yeah. uh, did you play was it limited or blitz? Because I know LGSs could choose between the two.
3: Uh both of them were blitz and I played Ira both times. Nice. Um Ira is a deck that I, I haven't I, I had a lot of experience with like a couple years ago. And I Just kind of stopped playing it for whatever reason, and so bringing it back for skirmishes, it's felt really strong into everything except for Icelander. Um, Icelander, mean. uh, sucks to play against for me specifically. Um, but every non wizard matchup, I actually uh, have not lost a game against anybody that was not a wizard, um, with Ira so far. So, wow, that's kind of cool. <laughs>
0: <Nice> yeah, <record. laughs> I mean, I feel you, I- Icelander is like the bane of most of my blitz well wizard in general is like the bane of most of my blitz decks so yeah just like yeah, i don't know how many times i've actually won with my lexi deck against like kano iceland is a little bit easier but kano just just kills me just out of nothing
3: so mm. i'm uh because this isn't going to go up until the wednesday after i can uh even say my plan for tomorrow after playing two skirmishes with ira uh i'm anticipating or i'm intending to draw my cards floor apparently but uh <laughs> play prism Ooh. instead uh to try to hopefully prey on the the wizards nice uh and then
0: <laughs> watch the now, brutes. now now you get matched <laughs> against all the brutes and guardians it's gonna happen we're gonna we'll yeah, we'll, gonna be we'll, sweet. we'll we'll tune back in next episode to
2: see
1: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
0: we will, Oh, because
1: uh, we will just have to see because spectral shields prevent damage as well do they from wizards mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah they any damage fun. don't they yeah it's been so long since i looked at prism cards to be honest
3: yeah
1: i'm yeah. Uh, specifically not going to be trying out my
3: um my aggro version i'm going to be playing like the real prism blitz <laughs> deck um <laughs> okay because you just run like a hundred yellows and then arcane barrier four you and you're just dirty like okay I'll try it
0: <laughs> dirty spectra <laughs> user he's got like these auras and it's Oh, yes, probably.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: no, he's really putting a spike in his spike feeders now, isn't he? it <laughs> taking yeah. prism to a bloody wizard <laughs> wizard saturated market. You're gonna run uh,
3: you gonna run the library? I don't think I will. Oh. It would be really funny though. Oh, that'd be uh, sweet. Yeah.
0: No one's like running yeah. yellows unless you're playing against like a, like a random I don't know, maybe Assassin or Ranger because they run codexes. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: But, but uh, yeah, or yeah. other prisms. But nobody's played Prism, and we have like four
1: Icelanders that keep showing up to these skirmishes. So, God. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What about you, Cal? Anything... Yeah, anything for you or anything coming up soon?
0: Yeah, so uh, I finished editing the last of the Outsiders uh, Skirmish Season Gauntlet videos, which is uh, me versus Bill. Uh, I was playing Benji. Bill was playing Arachne, um, and it was a really fun series. Took a lot of t- took a lot of time. Each gotcha. video took me so long to to make and edit, and uh, had we had some like troubles. Long story short, it was great, um, and uh, I'd be happy to work with LSS on and more projects in the future. Um, so seems like people had pretty good reception to all of them. I've been tuning in to the reading the comments and stuff. So nice, pretty good, and I actually might take some of that and do my own gameplay video or more of my own gameplay videos in the future. It's been a while since I've done like an edited one. I usually go for mm. uh, live streaming gameplay because it's just easier. <laughs> it's just so much easier. Yeah, that's um, it. but I don't know. Maybe I want to. Maybe I'll do some uh, some more edited ones uh, in in the future if, if people are into that. And uh, finished my Uzuri deck, my Uzuri CC deck. Uh, I'm going to be playing actually tomorrow against Ian live stream. I don't know what he's playing, but um, he mentioned Azalea and he always has brute deck. So I'm going to be guessing either Azalea and or some combination of some brutes. Um, Nice. Looking forward to that. Uh, Finished building my Arachne solitary confinement uh, blitz deck. Um, Haven't tested it much, but I think it's really good. And solid. It's just, it's just aggro, man. You're just like punching them real hard. And uh, what else? That's that's been it mostly for my the non-content side of stuff for my channel Mm. at least. Um, Yeah. But uh, yeah, just just building some decks, kind of echoing what Bill said. I want to play more flesh and blood. Um,
1: Yeah, too right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just like doesn't have to be content. I just kind of want to. I just want to play some more. I'm really, really excited to finally. Just start digging into Uzuri. My list is quite a bit different than the ones that have been showing up in the top eights of the recent events. Um, I did see one list posted on Twitter that I... It's still... still... Mine is not an entirely redline deck. Mine does not immediately die to To wizard like all these other ones do, like if, yeah. if I get massed against Icelander, I think I I can do okay because I actually run a decent amount of blues, um, so mm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, some
1: of the some of the other lists have been really red line heavy, haven't they? And, and yeah. not really using the not really using the spiders bite, pitching a blue and then doing the thing afterwards. It's more like pure red, like you said, yeah, which is why they probably fold to wizard.
0: Oh yeah they they get they get pretty wrecked by icelander um yeah. the good thing is it like those decks they typically only want to do like one action anyway uh maybe maybe sometimes two so like even if they have like one frostbite it's not that bad but no, like, if they get a couple it can, it can be pretty rough um yeah. but they, they also like they're just gonna eat the damage that that's the, the worst part is like they're just gonna eat the arcane and it's gonna it's gonna hurt um, just
1: gonna eat it yeah but
2: yeah.
0: Nice. Every every time I see one of the lists pop up, I went to I go check to see if they have spreading plague, and then if they do, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> you're smart." Um, I'm not saying yeah. the ones that aren't running sp- spreading plague aren't smart, but I like spreading plague and I think it is very
1: undervalued right now. I, I think don't. it is as well. And and again, you know, you you saw, I think you saw this in the first skirmish videos when you blew me out with it. <laughs> you <got> um, 4 <laughs> 4 <blood> um, <laughs> Yeah, 4 4 yeah. And that's and that's just and that's just a trap that you fall into against assassin is you you want to overblock to prevent these things from happening. and yet you get punished for doing so. And It's just like, oh, for God's sake, yeah, the the list I that I,
0: the list that I've seen online that I like the most that isn't the one that I'm going to be playing around with is uh, I saw it on Twitter. It was like Pheno Black's list. And he's actually running surgical extraction and spreading plague, which is not yeah. what Sam Dando was running. Um, no. he did, he wasn't running either of those, and I like both of those cards. I think they're both very, very good. And, um, notably, they do not pitch for red, they pitch for more than that. So, you can mm-hmm. also use them to attack with your daggers.
1: Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, could even be worth looking at Regicide again as well. That's a blue, isn't it?
0: Well, Regicide's a Rackney specialization.
1: Oh, of course, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, silly me.
0: <laughs> I mean, te- technically, a Solitary Confinement can run it. It's it's Arachne's only yeah. specialization. I felt Arachne got done a little dirty, by the way, in, in Outsiders, with not getting a new specialization. Come on. Like, yeah. Riptide got three. Come on. We, we, we just talked about <laughs> it. Riptide has three legendary specializations. Arachne still has one. Like, come on. You couldn't give him another one? Like,
1: Just to rub salt in the wound, he's actually got a Quiver as well, which is also a specialization.
0: Oh, that's true. Four.
1: <laughs> so what he's got that? four. And Arachne has nothing. Re- Arachne uh. has
0: Regicide that uh, kill- kills them if it, if it whips. Um, uh, I like Regicide. Yeah, kill somebody, that's for
3: sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah some-
0: someone's going to die. I think Regicide's <laughs> a really cool, flavorful card, but I wish Arachne got something new something in Outsiders. Yeah. Um, and I- I'm kind of uh. shifting my Arachne deck, which is Blitz, which is Blitz. From uh, Huntsman to Solitary, I think. Uh, still running a lot of the some some of the contract cards, but just the Go Wide Aggro speaks more to me than the Fatigue. Oh, definitely.
1: Fatigue yeah, pure fisticuffs.
0: Yeah. yeah, and like I really I really like Uzuri CC, but uh, it's more of a mid rangey kind of kind of thing that's going on. It's not exactly Aggro. It's not exactly Fatigue. It's kind of like this middle ground where you you want to get these really good on-hit effects. Uh,
1: like nip and tuck and, you know, taking cards away and trying to, you know, get advantage, isn't it, essentially, the mid-range style thing.
0: Yeah, I um, I think the idea is, like, you want to put the fear into your opponent, that every every yeah. stealth card has the potential to be a really nasty on-hit effect that's just waiting in your hand. And I just want, I put in all of the hand, the cards that, like, take cards out of your opponent's hand. So, like, yeah. surg- surgicals, shakedowns. I'm not running a ton of pummels. I'm only running two in my list. Um, like literally two, like one red and one blue. Uh, and I think it's just because it's hard to pay for them while also doing other stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's probably, there's probably enough. There's probably enough cards that say when it hits discard now, like cut, cut down to size and other stuff as well. Like, um, CNC destroys arsenals, CNC you know, stuff did. that actually yeah. takes cards away when it hits essentially.
0: There, there's, um, a, there's a bunch. Uh, yeah. And then I, I, I really, really, really love death touch. Both red and uh, yellow yeah. Death Touch are both really, really sweet. Even blue Death yeah. Touch isn't bad, but I'm, I'm only running red, reds and yellows. Mm.
1: Um, so. Yeah, because the blue one can still turn into either, what, six damage if you give a Blood Rot, or it can take away a card in the form of their arsenal, yeah. etc. So yeah. It's, I, it's I like
0: that it uh, still attacks for four, so it still has a, a good break point. So if your opponent only blocked with one, uh, one card from hand on your stealth card, then you can still do it uh, yeah. and like, get a good hit um but I mean, what, what makes death touch so good is that it's really versatile so like you can you know pick and choose the best uh, thing for the scenario my my real the real card in the deck that i'm not 100% sure on is codex of blood rot which i love and i think people are very much undervaluing it and underrating it but i don't know if it's good specifically in my uzuri deck i think it's really good in agro decks so I think it's really good in like Arachne Solitary Confinement. I think it's really good in Lexi, like No Fuse Lexi. Because it, it does because really? <laughs> it does similar things to to frailty, right? Because everyone's like, oh, frailty takes a card out of your opponent's hand, yada yada yada, and you get a card back. Well, blood rot also takes a card out of your opponent's hand and jams it into their arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, was- and it also gives them a blood rot, and you also get a ponder token. So I think in like aggro decks, specifically for blitz. Once again, I'm not sure for CC, but I think it's very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, in, in my Lexi list, I think I might like it more than Frailty, just because like if, when, when Frailty puts a arrow back in my thing, I don't get the bonuses from uh, my, my bow. Like I can't I can't give it go again from Voltaire or something. So it, it literally has to be the last thing that I do.
1: And like... Oh, I see. I'm yeah, getting it's going like, face up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can't relax it, it, yeah, and, and it right, doesn't get true. the
0: the buff from uh so like it makes it so it's hard to get back something like uh, Bolt and Shot for example because it mm. won't get it won't get pumped up from Voltaire. Um, no. I still like oh. it, like I still I'm still running it in my deck, but I actually like I think I like to see Blood Rot in my hand more to just rip a card out of their hand and then shoot them with a bunch of arrows, and then they also have a Blood Rot, so if they choose to block then they're going to have less cards in their hand and they're going to take damage from the blood rot and then i also get this i still get the ponder which is super super good with lexi in particular because uh getting an arsenal card like an ice card and then flipping it up at the start of your next turn to give them a frostbite or to give something go again with his lightning it's just super super good uh
1: yeah i think i think pond i think ponder in in general has really cranked the ranges up sorry what was you going to say oh yeah
0: uh uh, one more thing about Blood Rot, Codex of Blood Rot, with uh, mm. Lexi in particular, is so good because it, put, it lets you put any card from your hand face down into your arsenal, kind of like a reload, right? But yeah. what makes that really good is, um, unlike Frailty, which only does uh, attack actions, right? Um I'm pretty sure that's right. Fertility only does like attack actions. Attack
1: actions from your graveyard yeah. into your arsenal yeah. face up. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So so bloodrock puts anything. So you can put any of your cantrips, and the cantrips are cards like electrify, and uh, the the there's a couple. There's two like ice ones that I use as well. Uh, like is it permafrost? Oh, there, there's two like, ice ones where you're, like polar um, blast. Polar blast. Yeah. Polar blast. So, any yeah. of the ones that if you play from arsenal, you get a draw card. Those are the cantrips, and I run a yeah. bunch of them in my Lexi deck. So why Blood Rot is so good is you can play Blood Rot, put one of those face down into your arsenal, activate Lexi to turn it face up, get that bonus, either the frostbite or the go, the free go again, and then play it from Arsenal, draw a card, and then continue continue on. So it basically like you know, replaces your, itself, you'll have some resources floating. It's just Blood Rot is very undervalued in my opinion. Specifically for these yeah. decks.
2: <laughs>
1: That's I, not sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's super good. Um, I think Joshua Scott would be proud of that interaction. It, it, <laughs> it, it's so good. Um, so. Yeah. And then... Nice.
0: Eh, maybe Inertia will get into a deck some, sometime. outside of the Outside of the Bobble Dunk uh, yeah. m- meme <laughs> deck.
1: Um, so. Which you can see on Red Zone Rogue right now. Bob- bobble Dunk.
0: We talked yeah. about it first here, though. Um, That's true, yeah. yeah. They got got the idea from here. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. The...
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I'll I'll mention a few things before we go into our, onto our main topic. Uh, our main topic is going to be casual and social fab. Um, so a lot of the a lot of the sort of um, we were using casual as a term quite a bit before, but then you said social, and I think that makes a lot more sense. But we're going to speak yes. we're going to speak about casual and social because there's differences. Um. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the things that I was doing this week, I, I finally got out the first episode of the Ultimate Pit Night series, which sort of leans into casual and social. So That took a long time to do. Um, it's got good reception so far. I think it's really, really good. Um, really proud of it. And obviously, we've got a lot more episodes coming up, which include Kel as well. The next one I'm going to be editing is going to be including Kel. Um, I'm a playing... Were You just playing, a... playing Arachne in that game. I was playing Arachne, you? yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good one that's coming up. That's going to be edited, probably released late, uh, late May. Um, but I've been doing a lot of organising for other pods in that series as well. And I've got about seven or eight lined up now. Um, so it's, it's it's turning out really well. The scheduling's is doing really well. And I want to give a shout out to one that I'm really looking forward to doing, because all of the people that are playing are going to be in cosplay when they play. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to shout out Brown Vixen 7. So she's oh. done both Azalea and Dromai yeah. before. I know her. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, she's done some really good no- uh, really good uh, cosplays. Uh, Ira of Mysteria. So Valera. Oh, yeah. Um, who who I met at Lille. So I did a little video with her when I was talking to her at Lille. Uh, and then Max Ferocity, who does Dash.
2: Yeah,
0: she won my uh, Trans Lifeline giveaway. That's, that's right. That LSS yeah. uh, tossed in. Well, she she won the lore book that LSS tossed in for that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So she's got the the actual pistol that lights up, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. That so looks that's really good. Sick. Yeah. So uh, for I, I I I've said that I'm gonna try and wing together some <laughs> some rubbish cosplay. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with it. Dude,
0: okay. Okay. I don't know how hard this would be, but it would be. No, it'd be so impossible to actually record because there's no way anyone can hear you. But do the do the dude from uh, Death Touch and get like a plague doctor mask and like a hood, and you'll just. Oh be... yeah, that... or yeah. the Doctor Mortimer, the the plague doctor one from Back Alley Breakline. Yeah,
1: cause yeah, that could be that could be fairly easy to do, but still, people know what it is because yeah. it's yeah, that's a good idea actually, yeah. I'll probably be playing some sort of ranger. Oh, no. Well, it depends what Brown Vixen wants to play because she's, I think she's going to be doing an Azalea cosplay in that one. So we'll see. Um, But, yeah, um, just thought I'd shout that out because, yeah, it's it's going really well with the scheduling. Um, But, yeah, so uh, it rolls into our topic for today, and that's casual and social fab. Now, there's a few sort of questions and sort of thought-provoking ideas that I've came up with uh, to discuss today. Um, But it all leans on the article which came out recently which you can also see a video on your channel right now about the keeping it casual yes um Um, so
0: it's weird because the video is coming out like literally right after this podcast is done recording yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i I don't remember i don't know what i'm gonna call it i think i'm calling it something along the lines of this is important um Mm. i think that's what i'm calling the video but
1: uh yeah it's important i i it's very important 100 percent believe that. Yeah, absolutely. And this came out, uh when we recorded this, this came out about five days ago, It doesn't have an author on there, it just says from Legend, Legend Story Studios. But I think this is interesting, because we had an article about fab 2, 2.0. Do you remember that article that said, oh, yeah. um like, one of the points on there was fab is about more than competitive play. Yep. And it's like, like we were saying, maybe before the podcast, they have noticed these things are going to happen. But not to the extent that we would have liked. You know, they've grown so massively that things have tro- probably just—they're a year ahead and they don't even realise it. It's just they've got a lot of a lot of stuffs come up so quickly, mm. growing pains that they haven't been able to implement it until now, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, a little a little uh, a little bit of the a little of the article here. The nail biting competition of flesh and blood is an exciting adventure that draws people in from all corners of the globe. But the world of Wraith has so much more to explore. Um, so for many players, it's not about gr- grueling battles of Pro Tour, but about catching up with mates to crack some packs and getting together for a wild bout of ultimate pit fight. Um, and that's what I think we encapsulate as well is just the uh, the sort of vibe of just getting together with people and just having fun with this game rather yeah. than trying to be you know proper sweaty, except unless you're playing, of course, Buzzsaw Trap. trap. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're yeah,
2: who would, do that? who would do that? <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> that's
0: yeah, crazy. Some some kind of monster. Kind
2: uh, of monster.
0: <laughs> you monster. Uh, so, um they actually released a new article that's dated today, which probably would have been yesterday because New Zealand is in the future. Uh, hmm. Called "Casual Play and Armory Kit Guidance." Uh, And we can talk about this a little bit later after we talk about this, but it shows that they're doing actionable things regarding casual play that they talk about in the article that Az is going to kind of go over. So they actually go over, like, what your local game store can do to support the things that they're going to talk about. Um, Mm. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a few things. That's one of them um but um there's a few other bits of content that have also come out as well which are very very important to this whole thing Mm. and uh one of them is one of them that you was involved with oh yeah
0: yeah that um Um, yeah it's the ultimate pit fight uh shuffle and play video from uh, mm. selling community college and i i don't know how much i want to say regarding stuff but i'll just say it's a long time coming um that's something we had been planning for quite a while. Um, basically, ever since I ever since Shuffle Up and Play started, basically, there have been talks yeah. about doing a, a Flesh and Blood one. Um, and uh, I I genuinely think it's a very very fun video. Um, I think it is the perfect video. To show people who might be interested in Flesh and Blood, to show them that it can be played uh, in a very fun and social environment. It's not a great video to learn to play Flesh and Blood, but it's a good video to get people hyped about the idea of playing Flesh and Blood. And yeah. um, I think it's good for that. And also, mm. Prof made a video about how to play like Ultimate Pit Fight in general. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we could touch on this as well because I also did a video about what uh, a cool product would potentially look like and i think Ultimate oh, i pit fight and just this sort of it serves as like a gateway into the game to a certain degree because if you have someone that's if you have someone that's experienced and you have three people that aren't that one person can sit at the table and be like right this is how you do this this is how you do this and then they can then you know get that sort of board game cooperative experience but not having to be one-on-one with someone you know, and be cutthroat. You can have that sort of social thing. And that in itself is a conduit to maybe giving them the confidence to then play 1v1 or go to their armory, etc. There still needs to be developments on that, which we'll get into because there's a load of points on here. But I think social multiplayer games are a good way to get people that might not be confident to get into this game, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's just, in general, it's just more fun to play with your friends, right? Yeah. Like... Like, maybe it's just because I'm not, I don't care about winning all that much, but like, I just love playing like Ultimate Pitfall. I like, I like playing with my friends, and I i, I don't care if I die, or if I get knocked <laughs> out. The only times I do is if I get knocked out super early, and then I just sit there while everyone else is having fun for like an hour and a half or something. That's the only time where it feels bad. But
1: like, the beauty of knockout games, eh? Yeah.
0: But yeah. I, I agree with what Ann says for sure. They're, yeah. It's always good playing with your friends
1: yeah mm-hmm. absolutely um so uh, we'll just finish off this article before we go into uh into the actual points that i've raised here but james white's going to be playing upf as well apparently at the pro tour
0: yeah <laughs> be fine. no idea what hero he's going to be playing like he I, we know he likes kano but like i can't think of a better way to paint a big red x on your forehead than playing kano in upf that's just like saying, Ugh, yeah. "Hey, kill me, kill me first, everyone."
1: Kill me now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to see that obviously the creator of the game is down and getting dirty in the pits with everybody else, just playing some social flesh and blood, which is uh, which is great to see that as well. Um, yeah, but um, and we got our good friend Ian who uh, who wrote an article as well. Um, so uh, fair play to Ian for writing that. Embracing RNG, and that's the most casual and social you can possibly get. Just throwing dice to determine the outcome of your success.
0: <laughs> it's a good article. Uh, I'm not just saying that because Ian's a good friend, but it, it's a great article, and I think it, it really uh, helps shine how flesh com- how flesh and blood can just be like really fun. Um, mm. I highly recommend yeah. reading it, and it is very it's a very Ian article. <laughs> it's a very Ian article. Um, yeah. And Ian's a dude who's been playing card games like forever, like mm. for a very, very long time uh and uh, I think it I think it shows in the article
2: um,
1: yeah so. i mean this this is actually a point I did not have on here, so it'd be interesting to see where this goes, but flesh and blood is um it's not a game known for its variance is it it's known for its consistency, the fact that every card has a mode. Do you think that variance is a good thing? Should we have more of it? Because it does, as you say, RNG creates these sort of stand-up moments where you're like, oh, I can't believe you just top-decked that. Oh, well done. You'd rolled dice for this. Variance is one of those things that's a bit lost in the aether at the moment of Flesh and Blood because everyone is so hyper-consistent and so hyper-competitive. Do you think Mm -hmm. more variance could be a thing?
0: to hear i'm curious to hear bill's answer i have a very opinionated response to this
3: but i'm very curious to hear bill's let's go i i do find it interesting uh just the concept of rng in uh flesh and blood because there are obviously there's a very um doomerist take that you can uh look at and be like well uh hearthstone is a game that has decided to go all in on rng and uh, i'm mm. not going to make any actual real comment on that but that would be like the parallel in my mind um outside of that though we do have some amount of rng in flesh and blood already um and it is it does uh create those sort of stand up oh my god moments like you were talking about uh because mm. when you roll a five or a six and you're attacking with ko whew, <laughs> yes uh,
1: <laughs> exactly there's no other feeling so- like it
3: yeah, so I, I do think that uh, obviously there is uh, already an undercurrent of RNG with Brute. Um, it is like something that they have access to, but it's not a main part of their um, their kit. Although you could kind of argue that Intimidate does introduce RNG. Mm. Uh, and I think that would be a correct argument, by the way. I think that's, <laughs> that's just accurate. <laughs> um, but yeah, it depends on how much more you kind of want that to pervade the remainder of the flesh and blood space um like it is sort of brute's thing to have uh random effects random discard random intimidate random dice rolls whatever um so either expanding on that within its own space or creating another class that has rng could be interesting it just depends on whether or not they want to make it like really feast or famine or um uh another sort of a kind of a uh, a reference to Hearthstone in RNG that I think is pretty medium in terms of its impact is like, um, flip a coin, I guess that would be closer to Pokemon, because now we're talking about coin flips, but mm-hmm. um, like deal two damage or flip a coin if its heads deal three, um, like that sort of thing. Like sort of small implementations of RNG, um, I think feel less important, but are that tend towards more consistent, like you're saying. Yeah, uh, I feel like I've said a lot of words, but not anything um, concrete. <laughs> but anyway, my my personal feeling about it is, uh, we do have a lot of RNG with specifically KO, and that can either feel really good or really bad, depending on what you roll and also what side of the table you're on. Yeah. So another thing as well about the amount is interesting. Um, yeah. Unless they make it sort of more. Uh, like
1: less rangey you know yeah it's about so so what you said there about feeling good and feeling bad right one comparison you can make to another card game is magic right Mm -hmm. if you get if you don't have any lands you can't play you're nothing has value because you can't play anything because you have no lands but that allows that allows those moments you know for someone who's maybe like a, a lesser player to win a game because someone gets land screwed and then they yeah. have like a a tale of they David versus Goliath they won because they didn't have the lands or whatever and that's just down to absolute variance but I don't think Flesh and Blood can have those tales I... because because ev- everyone's so consistent if that makes sense yeah,
0: yeah. I I used to uh, drink the Kool Aid as you would say and and believed that. Because I used to listen to Mark Rosewater's podcast quite a bit, and he would talk. He talked about that, but yeah. I personally these days don't think one person being pretty happy uh, and winning against the w- world's best player outweighs all of the people who just don't get to play the game. I think it's way worse to have non-games than one person happen to win against a, a skilled player. I think the feel-bads uh, yeah. outweigh like the the tiny tiny goods. So, mm. uh, and and to to, to that. Uh, I would like to extend that Bill kind of got the soul read uh, on me and uh, I was going to mention Hearthstone uh, specifically <laughs> because I feel that I feel that flesh and blood, I feel like a, 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 there there's a range of randomness that I think is acceptable. Um, and I'm not just talking about like competitively acceptable. I'm talking about in ways where it doesn't feel bad um, mm-hmm. because I think at the end of the game, at the end of the day we're playing games and games should, in my opinion, inherently be fun that's what a game should be uh, and i think if you're doing things that make the game not fun uh you're going against like just the core tenant of the medium and so like for example hearthstone i used to play competitive hearthstone um quite a bit actually back in the early days i was like one of the top 100 ranked players in the united states um i played tempo rogue rogue of mm-hmm. course i did um cool she did exactly. and, and i stopped playing when <laughs> I got really frustrated and not fun and the game wasn't fun because i wouldn't hit the random rng numbers that i would need to win and i was i had to you know had a moment of introspection i'm like i'm not having fun i should just not play this anymore and i haven't played hearthstone um well that's not entirely true i i I go back and play some of the single player stuff i think that's kind of fun but i haven't played competitive hearthstone since then um and one of the big ones was like dr boom if you know hearthstone there's dr boom and like sometimes dr boom will just hit you in the face for like a one damage and it's fine and then other times he wipes your entire board and you just die like the game's just over because you lost a bunch of rng rolls um and i'm
1: like so i don't know I i don't want to get too much into hearthstone but why is that rng why does that happen Dr. Like, boom what? makes
0: Boombots, and when the Boombots die, they will randomly hit a random target on the opposing field for a random amount of damage. So there's multiple ah. dice rolls that go into this, random target, and then a range of one to four damage, which four is generally decent yeah. enough to kill a lot of things. And so it could do like, oh, just one damage to your opponent's face. Who cares? Or it can do like four damage to your opponent's face, four damage to your opponent's face, they're dead. Or like wipe your board or something. Like,
2: Oh yeah, that is huge, very random. It's a huge <laughs> dice
0: roll. Yeah. And it was a meta card. Stuff. Everyone played it. Because it's a generic card you can put in any deck. And it was good. Yeah. So, like, everyone plays Dr. Boom at the time. I, a long step. time ago. Long, long time ago. <laughs> uh, so, like, that kind of randomness um, is not
3: good, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. It yeah. might be it's fun just... for the person playing Dr. Boom, but. Uh... There's something to be said about randomness that can. Put you in a more advantageous position versus randomness that negates every decision that's happened up until that point in the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And I feel like Hearthstone has a lot of that kind of randomness. And I feel like the randomness we have in Flesh and Blood and even just that we're discussing right now is more like it puts you in a spot where if it if the role ends up in your favor, then um, you don't just outright win the game most of the time but it puts you in a in a better spot um and it doesn't like i say um negate the the entire game up to that point um yeah
0: what i really like about flesh and blood's current randomness is that in almost every circumstance it's your own damn fault so like yeah like (laughs) It's, it's your fault that the random thing happened like so scab skin le- leathers it was your choice to roll the Scabskins. if you got the one it's your fault um you didn't have to roll it uh same is true for stuff like uh crazy brew right if you if you whiff on the crazy brew it's your fault and I say this as someone who <laughs> has died on camera to his own crazy brew so like like Best that's, way to go. that's what I like about the flesh and blood randomness is that without except for KO KO is like I still think Ko's fun but KO does have the the high roll thing where sometimes you're just like
3: ha! I'm attacking for 18 now eat it eat it uh-huh. nerd yeah. like yeah yeah, like definitely uh an extreme case <laughs> yeah
0: yeah they're like wrecker romp red roll a six um now now you're getting attacked for is 16 have fun um yeah
2: Sandwich,
0: yeah, I yeah, I yeah, so and, and uh, honestly, I think this is to like uh catch people off at the pass. Card games have an inherent randomness just by being card games because you draw random yeah. cards from the top of your deck, Um yeah. so it does have a degree of randomness. Uh, I will agree with what As said, that the flesh and blood has less randomness than other games, but uh, I think it. Goes more towards modern game design than magic, which is like 30 years old or whatever. Yeah, um, because like most modern games I can think of that are good and fun uh, don't have mm. random resource mechanics, like, they, they don't have resources as separate cards in your deck. I think that is just inherently not good game design in 2023. Mm. Um, where if you, example uh, example would be a game, another game that I really like, Grand Archive. Uh, similar to Flesh and Blood in that every card you can use as a resource, not a new thing. The WoW TCG did it. This uh, the way that Grand Archive does it's pr- pretty unique, but closer to the WoW, the old WoW TCG, where you can p- put any card face down as like a resource. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, I I think a little bit of randomness is fun. Um, I think it can be more fun in casual and social formats
1: um yeah and
0: so this is that's
1: a that's a fantastic segue as well because um when you play as we were discussing earlier multiplayer the sheer fact you've got three other people sat around you adds so much variance to the game Mm -hmm. because you can then be attacked from your left and your right and all this sort of thing so that sort of variance by adding more players to it you know is just just makes it more fun as well you know in that social environment so
0: like variance doesn't have to mean random either. So like no. like a card like this uh the content creator card that everyone, well the content creators got. The good deeds don't go unnoticed adds variance but without being random because uh, the the person who plays it gets to choose who gets the things, right? And mm-hmm. there still is variance on who gets what, right? If you get the life or the resource or the pump or whatever, but um like yeah, I mean that that's pretty good because it's like controlled. Like you can you know, it's it's weird to say controlled variants, but, you know, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, so I think, yeah, so I think like Ultimate, uh, Ultimate Pit Fight, multiplayer formats, whatever they tend to be, you know, I think they're, they're sort of pinnacles of variance in, to a certain degree. And what, what, what do we think the, the sort of, we might have touched on this already, actually, but what do you think the pros are of having more focus on Ultimate pit fight and multiplayer and social formats and PVE and all that sort of thing. what's the sort of knock on effect to where that helps grow the game. Do we think for that sort of thing?
0: Um, I'd like to bring up a comment made maybe several, many episodes ago about a couple who showed up at their local armory, uh, bright eyed and bushy tailed, and they got absolutely dumpstered. <laughs> um, Like, like repeatedly to the point where the, the commenter, I don't know if they're still watching. Hello, if you are, but, um, like she said, like her husband just kind of like was so deflated that he just didn't want to play anymore. And I think, I mean, that could still happen. You can just still show up and get, and get wrecked. But, Mm. um, they are making it so that and this is kind of going to the article that i mentioned a little bit earlier about casual play and armory kit guidance they're actually Mm. giving you lgs's armory kit support for casual quote casual uh formats um and the armory kit um the way that prizes are distributed are different right so instead of like the person who comes in and spikes the event and, and just crushes everyone with their, their net deck or whatever uh, necessarily won't get the best prize. Um, and I really yeah. like that because like someone who goes to the event and goes zero three 3 could still get like the Cold Foil Hero, for example. And mm-hmm. they might have, you know, you know, they can maybe internalize that, take it as a learning experience and then walk away with a nice nice little card, which I think is really
1: good. Um
0: you you want to give well, the same
1: oh, go ahead yeah it's like it's like it's like the same it's like the same as like you've got a you've got a prize for winning but you've also got on the other hand you've got a prize for participating you know so the spikes won't go to a event which is a participation prize because they'd rather go to the one where they know they can win the big the big prize essentially yeah um so that is a good way of doing it yeah i haven't read the article yet so thanks for bringing it up i didn't see it until it, just now
0: It's a pretty chunky article and it's not like super clear. It was more, it was, it was in the retailer news section. So it wasn't in like the general article section. This is an article specifically for retailers, but I think it's really important because it gives guidelines for LGSs to, to do this kind of stuff. And I think it's the best way to honestly grow a, a, a budding flesh and blood community because like, yeah, I can, I can, if you want me to outline it quickly, I can. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but, yeah. um, so for, for example, so Armory, Armory Kit Guidance, um, the prizes. So it says from now on stores may run up to two Armory events per month as casual play events, uh, awarding the Cold Fall promo card as a random prize draw rather than for first place. Um, obviously you need to make it clear whether or not your event is going to be casual play or competitive. So people know what they're signing up for.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> And then, in addition to the main flesh and blood formats, the casual play armor events can be run using additional formats. So you can run it using ultimate pit fight, commoner, blitz preconstructed, which I think is brilliant, or shapeshifter sealed. And I think all four of these mm-hmm. make it so that they're going to be much more fun. So you're not you're literally not running into uh, Pro Tour winning net decks, right? Um, yeah. You can run you, you play you can play ultimate pit fight and win a random. Uh, cold foiled. uh you can play uh shapeshifter sealed or commoner but the one that i really like the most and i think it's very smart is blitz preconstructed, where everyone plays with a pre-constructed blitz deck um, yeah. you know like history pack one or outsiders or the two the two newest ones i think that is brilliant mm. because it makes it so someone can rock up to the event with no flesh and blood cards at all learn to play the game on the spot have a a nice experience and then maybe they win something from it. Uh, And as an LGS, if you're an LGS, you can promote the event. I don't know, sell it for tickets for 15, 20 bucks or whatever. And then the person will get the deck and then also the entry, right? Like it's just kind of like Mm -hmm. a package thing. So I think that's very smart. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah. And they also says that stores can use leftover OP kits Materials to support on demand and welcome event decks at their discretion. This includes leftover promos from previous Armory kits as well as leftover promos from Skirmish or a pre release. So, like, they're giving stores ways to support these events too. And I think that's really important that they're not, it's not just lip service that they're like, you should play Ultimate Pit Fight. They're like, hey, we're gonna give you, give stores reasons to do this and, and prize support like twice a month. They can do UPF events where people can like win win prizes, um, yeah. which is really good. And I'm, that, that's basically all, all, all I'll say for this. Uh, folks, if you want to uh, read the article, it's called Casual Play and Armory Kit Guidance. And it came out April 21st, which is the day of this recording. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I highly recommend it if you want to, especially if you are a, a new store. It goes really deep into all the formats. And it uh, talks about other casual formats you can play too, um, but they will not have armory kit support. So, for mm-hmm. example, you can make up your own format, uh, or you can, um, uh, it specifically mentions uh, Team Sealed and Team Constructed, Team Blitz, um, but you won't have the armory support. It, the armory support is for those mm-hmm. ones that we talked about already. But I also uh. I also think the team events are very cool. I'm I'm very very high on the team events and the Blitz pre-constructed. I think those are both really really good for um, new players or players. Yeah, I think they're great equalizers, especially the, the, the Blitz pre-constructed ones. So
1: yeah, yeah, and that go- that goes on to like one of the points I made was about starter decks and onboarding products. Because that is essentially like an it could be it could be an onboarding event, couldn't it? You know, you precon, yeah. you buy a precon, you everyone's on the same level to a certain degree at least, and then you get random prizes. You don't you don't, you don't even have to win; you're just playing with the deck that you've bought because you like the look of the character, yeah. off the shelf or whatever. Like what um,
0: what I would do, like if I was an LGS, and I don't know how financially feasible the, these numbers are, but say twenty bucks, you pick whatever Blitz deck, you get pack per win. So it still incentivizes the people to win. Like it feels yeah. good, but then you give the armory promo stuff that they have following the armory guidelines, so the random winner. And then you also, it also mentions the play mat, which is the, the you give it to like the community champion or people's champion one. Uh, and then you, yeah. And that sounds like a fun event to grow your flesh and blood community. Everyone, mm. uh, you know, gets stuff out of it. Maybe, maybe everyone will get a, a pack anyway or whatever works for your LGS, but yeah, That sounds cool, and and like me as a long time Flesh and Blood player, like if my local was doing that and it was like a whole bunch of new players, I would I think the event sounds fun, like and I could like help Mm. teach the people how to play the game, um, and grow the community. So, um,
1: incentivizes incentivizes people to not play their pet. Like their pet deck or net deck, should I say that's yeah. winning them all these armories and what have you it gives them more of an incentive to play, to play like, oh yeah, I'm gonna play bolt in lumina so I've never done it before or yeah. you know these are these other things rather than just rather than just playing your hottest deck, it just incentivizes more experimentation. yeah, I mean as well.
0: all of the three yeah all of the three formats that they mentioned that can be played as the two per month casual armory are um you can't really net deck for, well you can sort of so there's a uh, ultimate pit fight commoner and then oh yeah ultimate pit fight commoner shapeshifter sealed and then the the pre-constructed one uh, mm-hmm. so you have sealed and pre-constructed which are the great equalizers you don't even need any cards to play those they are supplied commoner uh is just common cards and rares now like commons and then rare heroes and weapons um and then UPF, which is UPF. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, you could just play with one of the Blitz deck, the Precons. Like, who cares? Um, so I think this is really yeah. good and smart. I'm, I'm actually very surprised that they didn't, like, show this information more direct. Like, you have to dig for it. Like I said, it's, it's in the retailer news section, um, not yeah. in the article section. The way I found it is there's a couple links that you can follow at the bottom of the the article that As was going over. Uh, and then, like, there's, like, Retailer News, and you have to click click a couple links.
2: Um, mm.
1: But anyway. Yeah, so it is on there. You can find it. Um, yeah. But, um but yeah, so obviously, speaking about sort of that sort of style thing, like onboarding products and starter decks, you know, we, at the moment, we've only got for new players to get into the game. We've obviously got the Blitz decks. Um, and obviously, we've got um, the new sort of outside' of blitz decks they come in a what's called a brick so you can buy all of them yeah. like in in a in a in a thing now I think that's also a, like a like a maybe like a soft tint as to where we might be going because you could buy that as a thing and then and then play all of those decks out of the box essentially against each other or whatever you want to do and it also goes into this pre-constructed thing as well uh what what they're mentioning on this article. So what 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 do you think we, what, what, do you, what sort of products do you think we need going forward? Because these decks don't even have rule books, do they? They don't even have rule books in them. They don't have anything in them,
0: essentially. Well, Joshua Scott told us last episode that they are currently working on a new player rule book that he didn't say where mm. it's going to end up, but he did yeah. say they're working on it. And I think that's a uh, great Um
1: yeah, but can you shove that in a blitz deck? Can what what what, what does it look you like for could, a new player?
0: Because they did that. They did that with the uh, the original Flesh and Blood decks. The original Flesh and Blood uh, Welcome decks had little tiny rulebooks in them. They were like small and really hard to read. And it sounds like Joshua Scott realizes this and wants to make it a lot better and include more yeah. more things. Um, so yeah, having the rulebooks is good. I mean, you can also put those into larger products. We have Classic Battles as a as a thing mm-hmm. um, we haven't had a new one in a while and I don't know if the the current one is out of print or not um, but a new classic battles product uh, would be great I like the classic battles product idea even if the previous one may have stumbled a little bit I think the idea is really good and that's another thing we talked about with uh, Brian Gottlieb actually we talked about yeah. like some some starter products um,
1: yeah I think yeah, uh... definitely... oh go ahead I'm sorry I was, was going to say they're definitely they're definitely getting better as such and how they're presented, but I still think there could be more to it. Um, yeah, like
0: I think there could be, and they need to be careful about not pushing too many products, and then they're you know they get to the point where it's like magic, and there's just like a million products. But I think they could go and make another product that is geared specifically towards social play, what I, what I call social play. Um, yeah, and they could make like more like fun cards specific to this kind of stuff so like uh like magic has commander decks for example where like the commander decks are made and there's like specific cards in the commander decks that are meant to be goofy or just fun for those formats and not for the the hyper competitive players Mm. um and the fact that we know that lss is onboarding like 20 something people to help develop casual cards or or whatever I i can't remember exactly what they said but it's like Mm. Um, it's a separate de- this is going to be a separate dev team than the main dev team um, that's right yeah and I think that maybe hints at as to what what's what's in store um, yeah I think hopefully yeah I, I <laughs> think like a commander style product or uh, like or maybe a retooled classic battles or something like that classic battles with a with a UPF vibe um, mm-hmm. could could yeah. work like, they have a lot of options, yeah. but I think there's room for at least like a one more um,
1: product. Yeah, I just keep, I, I just keep, I just keep thinking, you know, if there's a product that someone can, you know, buy out of the box and just sit down at the table and play, it then. You know, it then opens up a whole new world for that person. They're they're like, oh yeah, I love this hero. Could, did did you know you can play one v one? That's where that's how the game was designed. Oh really? Okay, how do I do that then? I'll play against you, shall I? Yeah, all right. And then what's the next step? Oh, the next step is an armory, etc., etc., etc. And then yes. you got then, Flesh and Blood as a new player because they've 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 built a multiplayer thing and just gone from there I, essentially. I think
0: it doesn't necessarily have to to look like the commander product but i think having cool decks like the commander product that magic has because the commander products typically have like pretty cool decks like you know you can argue whether they're great now or not or whatever but Mm. like i remember buying like the four color ones and the four color ones were super cool and if they did Mm. like cool decks like that where you just buy the deck and you have like a cool deck that you can play um, I'm down for that. Doesn't have to be an expensive deck. Doesn't have to have a tunic and a e-strike or whatever in it. But no. like with cool cards, meant meant for that kind of stuff. Not just reprints of like commons, right? Because that's what we yeah. have. That's what we have in the the blitz starters, which I think are great. By the way, they're great for playing.
1: Um, mm.
0: but they're just like they're just like common cards, you know? Uh, um, yeah. co- commons and maybe a couple of rares from whatever set. Uh,
1: so it's just that it's just that audience they have to try and. They have to try and capture that audience now, don't they? And then convert yeah. them into evergreen players, whether they're just casual 1v1 armory grinders that are actually registered on gem or people that actually go on to then attend PTIs and all this sort of stuff and actually are doing stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Um yeah. B- because it can be addicting. You know, once you get good at something, once you know ah, oh, once you can evaluate, if you've got that game of mind, a lot of people can get to that, you know, that armory you good enough to win an armory well, stage
0: I, I, have a, I have a good just a random thought for this so like you could also make cool new versions of heroes they don't have to be brand new heroes they could be but you can make cool new versions of heroes that only really work in like a, a upf scenario yeah um to help get people into the character, and then you can be like, "Oh, here you you, you can also play this character in one v one, and they're better." So, for example, is I was thinking Dorinthia because they've already done they've already made a second Dorinthia. So,
2: it's true, you yeah. You do
0: a Dorinthia where it's like, uh, when you attack one player, your attack will get go again if you attack a different player as your next attack. Something like that, right? That mm. it wouldn't would not work in one v one, but would only work in a multiplayer. Like, so if you attack one player, you get go again no matter what if you hit another player. Um, That kind of thing. Um, So, yeah. I I think they have a lot of options for that. And with all of this stuff, man, they're they're really, like, going for it for for the the casual play stuff. Like, it really feels like they're taking it to to heart and and going for it with the armory and stuff. Um, And the fact that they have a new dev team, I would not be surprised if we see some casual specific products uh, in in the pipeline uh,
1: yeah I, I yeah I firmly believe that we probably will as well if, they, if they're gonna focus on it but what you said there about unique cards as well because obviously we had a unique we have unique cards in the Dorinthia into your deck, didn't we? And that's why that's why people wanted it because they get the Glistening steel blade. So oh they,
0: god. The thing is, they wanted it for the competitive decks. But I think if they make the cards, like I said, specifically only specifically good for
1: multiplayer, yeah, for multiplayer or PVE, nobody or, will care whatever, about those. Yeah, specifically
0: yeah. for non-competitive uh, formats, then yeah. I think it would be super cool, and and yeah. would give people a reason to like buy them, but not spikes to buy them to you know for their their top level meta deck or whatever. And, mm. and it also would make it so the cards aren't like worth a, a fortune. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you can only get it yeah. in the one product. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I have confidence in them to make something cool. Um, unique heroes would be cool. Um, yeah. yeah. They have a lot of room. Like, like To be honest, they haven't done that many different kinds of products yet. So like they have a, a lot of, a lot of space. To do this kind of stuff and i agree with what as said like having just a ready-made thing you can just buy and that it's cool it has to be cool that's the that's i think that's the, the big thing it has to be yeah. cool it has to be something that someone buys and they're like oh this is awesome i love this like you need that response um and then then they can continue on their journey if they're like oh i want to play competitively or 1v1 or whatever
1: Yeah, and you can have that in the box as well. It's like a perfect marketing thing to do as well. You have, like, do you want to play in, you know, do you want to go to success, you know, world championships? And they're like, oh, what's this? And then they start to read into it, and suddenly they're in their armories grinding with their character they've built from the singles they've bought from Jim from Fab DCG Cards. Yeah. (laughs)
0: I, 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 and they, they have a lot of options they can make a big old box set like just like a board game kind of box set that has like four decks or whatever they want and be like here you go here's the box set. you just buy the box set and you can have fun with friends they could piecemeal it out like the commander decks and be like "Oh, here's a series of our upf decks right for the year or whatever yeah. um uh, and like each of them has like the hero like a new hero and then it's got maybe like a cool lore spread or something that's like this is the hero this is where they're from like, mm. this is the lore about it with, with nice art. Like, you could make this be really, really cool. Like, imagine, like, for the Outsiders heroes, so, like a- Azalea, imagine. So, there, there's, like, here's a new Azalea that works best with multiplayer. And it's, like, Azalea. And it's, like, a rainbow foil or cold foil new a new Azalea. And it's got, yeah. she's got, like, a new bow or whatever. And there's, like, a big old lore page. It's, like, here's Azalea's lore with a brand new art. And it's, like, here's her backstory. Here's the Blackjack's tavern. Here, here's all the stuff. And then I think that's that kind of stuff will get people stoked, like new players really excited because they're like, "Oh, this character is awesome!" And they have this cool mm-hmm. story, and like, look at all the art; it looks awesome. Like, I, I, I think, see, yeah, I, I think, I think
1: also the the precedent has been set with the heroes that have the same the same character but different abilities, right? Like Arachne and Arachne yeah. Solitary Confinement, Dyrinthia and Quicksilver Apology. So yeah, that's a perfect way of doing it as well. As if you if you print uh, a hero that's already exists in the world in the lore but then they can upgrade to the one v one version that's not designed for yeah. UPF. They're suddenly in a whole new world then because they can then do their Bravo dominated crippling crush and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah. And whereas you know the the Azalea from the UPF box might be able to attack the person or attack anyone because you know she's got a bow, for, for instance, which would then work in PvE because you can attack any monster or whatever. It's it's where, so, yeah, it's
0: where they finally print her explosive arrow, right? Exactly, <laughs> yes, hit multiple people, Yeah, that'd, be, that'd yeah. be sweet, right? Like you shoot an arrow at one player and then it hits the two players next to them. That would be rad, yeah. right? Including you, if you hit Including the wrong person. You. Yeah, that yeah. would be sweet. And then you roll
1: a dice for it and then you no, draw no, 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 a no. card from the event deck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And it deals one to five <laughs> damage all <Yeah, yeah. laughs> the dice. Uh, uh, but oh. I, I legit think like, like we're speculating, but I think this is like, not uh, like out of the question. Like I think, no, I, don't
1: think so. I think no.
0: there's stuff like this. And I know for sure that uh, after I did a review of the, uh, uh, what do you call them? The classic battles. James did tell me that they were very unhappy with how like the little lore book and that turned out, and they're they're unhappy with a lot of the yeah. stuff how that turned out.
2: Mm.
0: So I would like to see more like, just like kind of cool stuff that just helps people want to get into the world and want to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: What do you think, Bill? What do you think we need to expand that side of the thing, side of the game, I... or attract those t- sort of casual socials in?
3: I've been hanging my hat on PVE ever since it was even <laughs> not even announced just the whenever they said like, oh, yeah, that might be a thing that we do. Um, like, yeah, I think that um, yeah. especially if they do it right. And I've said this, um, I think, a couple times at this point. Mm. Um, if they do PVE right and they um, make it like. I don't even i don't even know if it has to be like the best possible iteration that it can be it just needs to be like good enough that people want to play it more than once um i think that yeah. that could at least be a pathway into like flesh and blood's commander um mm-hmm. i think that that has the the possibility of being that sort of casual format that almost overtakes um the main competitive nature of it uh i know that the game yeah. like at its core, is very competitive. And I think that's one of the issues that I've seen people have just with UPF in general, where it's like, these decks are designed to output a bunch of damage to a single person. And you kind of have to have that internal understanding, that deal-making of like, well, I'm just going to spread it around. It's not optimal, but it's more fun. Um, But if everybody's able to put a deck together that they like, um, like a hero that they're really aligned with, or just a style of deck that they prefer and go all out and not have to make any concessions and you're all working together to beat the enemy, I think that that's sick. Like that is such a feel good thing, especially if there's like um, like levels of difficulty for different campaigns or whatever that you're able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a ton of potential. I've, I, like I said, I've been saying it for a while and I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm hyping myself up too much for PVE, <laughs> but I think just objectively, it has the potential to be like transformative for, yeah. for flesh and blood as a
0: whole. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. We'll note that we know it's not coming out this year, so yeah, we won't see it for at least another eight plus months. Um, mm-hmm. So I I, I, I genuinely <laughs> think the stuff that as, and I were talking about just now help, some of the things that you mentioned, because um, mm-hmm. you said like, you know, some people are like, you know, oh, it's not optimal or whatever. But if they make cards that are optimal for multiplayer, right, then it incentivizes people to play those cards. Right. And I was trying mm-hmm. to think of an example of so instead of like a, a one for or a two for six or whatever, maybe it's a two for. Three at one person and four at another person, right? So it's technically technically more damage, seven damage, but it's split across two players. So stuff like that, um, not necessarily that, but you know, stuff like that to give really yeah, again, that,
1: reasons to play that. That would then translate into other, you know, if they did board game style PVE products as yeah. well as board game style UPF products, all of those cards would be essentially expansion sets for each other because you could just yeah. meld all of those cards together, all those decks together, like you would a board game like Marvel legendary is like a deck building game. For instance, you merge all those things together and then you can just play, you can play the pits campaign with the Dorinthia you got in the Solana set and the riptide you got in the pit set and just go at it. So, you know, it could be multi transversal in that sense as well. Um, if it's something like that, um, but yeah, you can you can tell we're loving we're loving the the subject because we're just going in the weeds constantly.
0: <laughs> it's a it's a good subject, and I I legitimately feel that like it's it's a very very important subject because it is essentially I don't want to get too uh, proclamatic about it. Uh, I don't mm. know if that's a word, I, but I, um, it is now.
2: Uh,
1: uh-huh. Speculations. Like it's
0: the future of the game, right? Because like you're gonna yeah. cap on competitive players and i don't know if we've hit the cap already but you're gonna cap and then you need you need the like i said i don't like using the word uh casual but you need like the social players who Mm -hmm. just play at the kitchen table every week because they want to have fun with their with their buds right you know like yeah that's what most people who play card games are like that i don't know the exact statistic but i've heard like 90 percent plus of card game players are people who just play at the kitchen table right they just play with their friends, um their social group or at the, at the local game store or whatever. And so yeah. it's really important to have these kind of discussions and it's really good that LSS seems like they recognize this and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we need to we need to like, you know, help people get into this because like uh I, I think it's actually like not a good thing that some people think Flesh and Blood is only a competitive game. Like I, I legit think that is not a good thing. Like it's no. a good thing that it, it's a good competitive game, like and it does the comp- competition well, but it's not good that some people think it's only that. Um because yeah. that limits your growth significantly.
1: Um, so. and that, um and the, the frameworks that they have in place as well automatically can 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 bring in people that are interested because it's character driven. Yeah. So as a cat yeah. there's a character for everyone, like you know, the the story that you you've told a few times about Robin saying Oh, is there a is there a woman yeah. character? Yeah, she's yes, like, there is. <laughs> she's like, is there a
0: female character? And I'm like, here's Dorinthea. and she's like, cool, I'll, I'll play her. Like
1: exactly, like, yeah.
0: And if there wasn't, she would, would have probably been like really disappointed. and Probably still would have played with me anyway because I was just like, please play with me to learn this game. But um, she wouldn't have been but like yeah. ha- happy about it. She wouldn't have found like exactly. a character that she likes. So like,
1: I agree. And but- that automatically that automatically puts you in the shoes of the character that you want to be as well. You know. So it's like when you choose a character on the fighting game or choose a character in yeah. Diablo or a class or whatever, you're automatically sort of invested in the character already because you like the way they look or they like the weapon that they're carrying or their yeah. moves or their name or whatever. You know, you, like, you invested straight away. I agree. But if you don't if you do not do anything to keep those players, then that's, that's your fault because yeah. you don't have the system to support it. Yeah, so that is very important.
0: Yeah, because like right now, like you, like oh, I love this character. She looks really cool. Say, my favorite character, Uzuri. Someone's like, oh, I like Uzuri. I can maybe see myself in the character or whatever. I'm like, I like Uzuri. Yeah. She's cool. Rock up to your LGS and get like destroyed by someone who just has like a you know, a, a Pro Tour winning deck list or something like that. And then they're like, yeah. well, that wasn't fun. <laughs> that wasn't fun.
1: Yeah. yeah, but let's not do that again.
0: <laughs> but like, I can tell like it is pretty obvious that flush like LSS is thinking about that situation right with with the yeah. with the armory events that i mentioned earlier in that article like the casual play armory events help help prevent that a little bit and i think if they supplement that with the product types that we were talking about we'll go a very very long way to making it much more accessible and friendly to to people who are new to it um, and yeah. i think i think that audience the that audience, who is really into that kind of stuff, um, are gonna be the more social players. Like I'm, t- I'm thinking of like D and D players, right? Who like really care about the character lore and characters.
1: Um, That's true. Yeah, exactly. The people that are and do care about their characters are the ones that are playing socially because they play for that reason. You yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's also
3: just thinking about like. Would you necessarily always invite somebody over to play Flesh and Blood if you had a long day at work or you were really like, you know, you wanted to hang out with somebody, but you were tired and you didn't want to like think too much about how you were actually playing the game. You want to interact with the game, but not Mm. in a super cerebral um, way. Um, And like, not to say that every time you play Flesh and Blood, it is that way. But I think if they're if there's a, a more incentivized version of playing flesh and blood that isn't objectively optimal. Um, I think that that is going to be the really easy way to be like, Oh, Hey, do you want to just like come over, chill out and we'll play some PvE? Um yeah. We'll play some flesh and blood. And uh, it just kind of is what it is. It's like, just play some fun games without thinking about it over some beers. Like that's, that is the mark of a good social game as well. Uh, and yeah, I do exactly. think that they're working towards that. Um, mm but also i i would probably i would probably lean to the side of uh flesh and blood currently doesn't um avail itself that well to that specific mindset of um like just playing for fun because uh, you know decks are pretty optimal and if they're not optimal then they just kind of feel bad to play but if both decks are doing what they're supposed to do then the games can be pretty close Mm. But maybe I just want to play this turbo self mill data doll deck, um, <laughs> and I just I, I saw an interaction between two cards that isn't competitive, but I think it's cool. um exactly. Having a landscape for that, I think, is going to be really important
1: going forward. Yeah, it's not like it's not like, Carol, do you want to come over to play the olden mirror? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I don't. I've had a long day at work. Would you fancy an olden mirror? No. Yeah. But like go <laughs> no away. I
0: I can see that happening with like with what they have sort of now. So like I can see that happening with like ultimate pit mm. fight. Once again, if they lean more into the fun mm-hmm. cards, like the fun Even the... cards where you can be like, yeah. "Oh, I just built a, you know, weird, you know, mechanologist group hug deck or something." And like, mm. "Oh, we can we can just play play with that." Um yeah. I made my 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 uh, azalea explosive arrow you know aoe yeah. deck like ra-
1: aoe deck yeah oh, use brilliant.
0: like rain of arrows and uh yeah. to do to do like one damage to all heroes or something you know that, that kind of stuff um yeah i think we'll see if they do this and if they if that's a direction that they go but i think uh, yeah. i think it could be very cool And it it feels like it. I mean, they're onboarding like 20 something people to design for like social play cards, like casual cards. Mm -hmm. I I imagine a lot of that is going to go to big products like PVE. um, And maybe even like, I don't know, like UPF products or something. They seem to be pushing UPF. I will say this. They seem to be pushing UPF pretty hard. So like they do James white is going to be playing ultimate pit fight at pro tour. Like Mm. I can't think of a more like glaring, like, like, hey, play Ultimate Pit Fight. Then the creator literally playing Ultimate Pit Fight at the Pro Tour, right? Instead of yeah. like playing, you know, the classic constructed format that is at the Pro Tour, he's playing UPF. So yeah, I, that's I,
1: where I... that's where the optics are, isn't it? Right yeah. now. So, um, even with the professor's video and James White playing UPF in the same article, it seems like they're focusing in on that. While they work on the PVE in the background, um, because that is the unique thing, isn't it, to the trading card game? Well, we've had obviously you've said before that we've had like World of Warcraft and stuff, but this yeah. this could be this could yeah the PVE side of it could be the thing that really gets people in to play flesh and blood, pizza and beers rather than the old in mirror match. Um... Yeah,
0: but <laughs> the the PVE thing it's interesting. It really depends on how they do it because there have yeah. been PVE in multiple games and to varying degrees of success some of them are really fun some of them are fun once and then not really fun again um so like i don't know we'll have to see how they do it it feels like they want to do like a campaign kind of thing which is like the best scenario in my opinion but like for example a lot of people use and i have them over there uh world of warcraft raid decks the raid decks are fun to play like a couple times period like they're not something you play every week it's like we're not gonna play mm-hmm. a, the anixia raid deck every single week you play the anixia play- raid deck like once and then like maybe once again like three months later when you're bored um like that's what yeah. that was so make it in, into like a i don't want to say like a roguelite but like kind of like making it in like yeah it of,
1: needs it needs like yeah. it needs like every time you play it needs to be different it needs to be like um at yeah. least like planes chase where you have a plane yeah or a location that gives you a set of rules that then you can then change that every time you play or every time you you go to the next mission or whatever the plane or the the, the location changes so it makes it different every time I... couple that with the enemies that you're fighting and the cards that you're drawing from the the monster deck or the solana deck or whatever you know it's yeah. there's loads of board game stuff that does it but
0: yeah i i can think of like a couple good examples that flesh and blood it would work with So Mm. I think I mentioned before on the podcast, but Dice Throne has a campaign mode that is kind of like Mm. a roguelite with random encounters on like a a path, like through a dungeon or through like an area. Um, I'm not sure if the the locales are randomly placed, but there are games that do have randomly placed locations, right? Yeah. um, uh, There's board games that do that a lot. uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah the uh, betrayal at house on the hill does that i'm trying to think of, i was trying to think of oh, a specific yeah. specific oh, where you have like yeah. random rooms so like they, mm. they, it depends on like how deep they go right like they could go deep and it could be
1: like rad as hell if if oh, there's like yeah. it's this... a completely different thing isn't it almost yeah.
0: and then like the encounters are like you know flesh and blood combat you know but when you're with your buddies and you're playing against you know skeletons or whatever Dregs. Yeah, mm-hmm. Maybe you're in the pits and you're fighting against the dregs, and then like the thugs, like the different gangs. Um, yeah, like,
1: dregs are just like less loads of dregs, but they have rubbish HP. They're like glass. They're glass essentially. You just cut through loads of them, which is why. Whereas aliens, the horde of arrows would come in and kill loads of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You-, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, can spe- like- you can you spec- about- can speculate about this all day, can't you? Really? Yeah, I was oh, like, yeah
0: the pits is perfect for it. Cause we, I know a lot of lore about the pits and they can do like the gangs, like different encounters could be like different gangs and they all have different attributes, like the jawbreakers and they all mm. like one of them uses explosives. And the other one uses like the other gang uses like the, they have extra dregs. Cause some of them tame, like have drinks. Yeah, or don't
1: let don't let the bloody blockheads get in close combat. Cause they deal so much damage. Yeah, keep keep away from them, etc. Yeah, will
0: could... there
1: be movement in there as well? Probably not. We're probably just going way into it. No, <laughs> I,
0: my ideal situation, and this is. First of all, I think everyone should temper their expectations because we're yes, getting into like, we're getting into like crazy territory where they're like we're expecting like
1: the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness style hype, and it was absolute garbage. <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought it was fun, but that's a different thing. That's a different
0: thing. It wasn't boring for me, at least. So that... anyway, we... anyway, so like my ideal situation would be kind of like the Dice Throne one, where you have. Like, maybe a, a, a tile set, and then you, like, shuffle the tile set, and you have, like, random rooms that you're going through. Oh, I love through. tile
1: placement games. And really then, like,
0: do. like each room will have, like, an event where you fight different things based on what the tile is. So, like, maybe yeah. sometimes it's a loot. Maybe sometimes, like, oh, here's a piece of legendary armor that one player can get. And it's, like, a unique piece only for the PvE, right? Like You can't put it in the, mm-hmm. a CC deck or whatever. And, like, you're, like, gearing up and killing monsters and stuff. And then at the end it's like, oh, you've come to the you know, the the, the big the big boss at the end. It's uh I don't know, like an ace or something. Something something like really big and scary, but you have all this cool gear that you've got. That's my yeah. ideal situation where it's like this cool thing where it's like like it's almost like a Diablo thing where you're like going through the dungeon, killing stuff, getting loot, and at the end it's like a big scary monster and it's like really hard or just challenging, or there's some weird mechanics. Um, and then it's, like, yeah. And then, like, but it's random. So, like, maybe, like, you, the, there's random bosses, so you shuffle up the bosses, and then you put, put, put a random yeah. boss or something. So it's, like, different every time you play. Or maybe they have different... Uh, maybe they theme different releases for the regions. So it's, like, this is the pit set, right? And it has, like, the dregs and the blockheads. And this one's the mysterious set. Maybe it has, like, you know rogue ninjas who are trying to assassinate you or something or something um, yeah they have so much they could do with this to make it really mm-hmm. cool and i'm tempering my expectations to, to not be this because like if i expect this then i'm going to be disappointed when it's not this and it's just like the world of warcraft deck which is fine but if it's that it'll be fun a couple times and then yeah it's but, like
1: it's like another it's like it's like a Final Fantasy boss deck as well. You get you beat you beat the boss once, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, can't be asked now. We've done it. That's it. There's oh, no yeah. variance. It's just the same boss deck every time. You know, uh, like face the Hydra magics, face the Hydra mm-hmm. thing that came out. Yeah, so once like, you beat that, you're just like, yeah, all right, done.
0: Another way to do it that's really fun is Arkham Horror. I I'm a huge fan of Arkham Horror LCG, the card game, and yeah. You, that also has sometimes it has random location placement, sometimes it doesn't. Depends on the scenario. But what it always has is random. We call it bad stuff. Um, I think there's a te- technical term for it, but we just call it the bad stuff from a from a bad stuff deck. And each player. Ethos draws... deck,
1: isn't it? Is it the ethos deck or something? The like
0: mythos, that? mythos deck.
1: Mythos, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. We mythos just call deck, it bad yeah. stuff. We're just like, did you draw your bad stuff? So like, you you draw the bad stuff, and then you do what the bad stuff is, and it makes yeah. multiple campaigns different because you have different bad things happening to you. Um, exactly, yeah. you have, like, a little deck. Um, they could do that, too. And it could be really, like, a lot of fun.
1: I and love Mythos Arkham. deck as well. You can change difficulty because they got markers on, like, really bad cards and, like, okay cards and stuff. So it's interchangeable as well, depending yeah. on how hard you want it to be.
0: Arkham has, like, a very good scale. Well, I don't want to say good, but they have a very wide-scaling uh, difficulty. Sometimes the yeah. difficulty isn't good because sometimes the difficulty is putting in auto-lose tokens into your bag. And the oh, auto, God, Yeah. The auto lose tokens are not exactly yeah. fun. <laughs> They're just like. Oh
1: geez. I yeah. planned.
0: I planned everything perfectly, set to win. Auto lose token. I'm like, even if it's a negative eight, I still win. Auto lose token. Guess
1: we auto die. Loose, <laughs> like, yeah. guess, guess we die. Now that's the type of variance that we don't want to see. <laughs> it, Arkham
0: Horror. <laughs> I, Arkham Horror gets a pass from me just because it's supposed to be like this horrible situation that's like against all odds kind of thing where like even if oh, yeah. you even if you like are a giant nerd like me and try to be like make the most optimal thing and do the stuff
1: you still have a chance to lose but again that's but that's it, great it, variance that's but that yeah. but then that's that's told in a storytelling environment exactly. yeah it's so you it's don't acceptable
0: care. because of that that's the only reason it's exactly. acceptable yeah. is because we're like into the story and into, like, the narrative, whereas if yeah. it was, like, a competitive thing, like Hearthstone, if you just draw, yeah. like, a card that's just, like, you die, that's not fun. Like... no.
1: Yeah, it's just like you're you're on the cusp of going through like the Arkham University, and you open this door thinking it's going to be the next part of the quest, and suddenly you're sucked into a dark hole and you're lost in time and space, and yeah. it's just like so much carnage.
0: Yeah, and like <laughs> oh, I, I think some of it's too. Like you're fighting like Yog Sothoth, the you know the yeah, elder yeah. god, and you're like, okay, I have like. All of these items set up. I've done all these things. I have like a plus twelve to my roll. I can't lose. And the Yog Sothoth yep. is just like, Poof, you die. <laughs> <It's just laughs> you like, die. Like, <laughs> uh. I'm, he's like, I'm. I'm bigger than a continent. You die.
1: <laughs> like, you die. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. So I, it works with that, but it's all within context, you know. Yeah. And even then, I sometimes it's not fun. <laughs> like sometimes, like,
1: yeah. yeah. No. Well, we are well and truly in the arsenal step right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it all relates. let us know. It all relates. It is, yeah. It all relates. It all relates. It's all good fun. But as a, as a viewer, as a, as a person who's made it all the way to the end, what do you want to see with mm. regards to, um, you know, how LSS sort of decides to sort of take on and expand the social and casual side of the game? What would you like to see? What, what sort of uh, implementations do you want to make? I, like yeah.
0: yeah, that I think it'd be more interesting to 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 talk about that excluding PvE for now because like I said we got like 8 months at least before we yeah. start seeing anything. So like what could they do now in the next 8 months? Mhm. I think that that's more interesting because, you know, we need more players to play now. <laughs> like like no,
1: exactly.
2: Not next yeah. year.
0: Like I want more people to play Flesh and Blood like right now. Um mm. Yeah, Yeah. and and pray and hope that the PVE is like really good, Um, which is (laughs) we're all hoping for
3: it. I have hope. Yeah, (laughs) it's one of the
0: the fact that it's taking so long gives me a lot of hope. Actually, like it makes me feel that they're like we gotta nail this and it has to be incredible, Uh, and they're not just like ah whatever we'll just do what Warcraft did, print it. Like it really feels that they hopefully are taking their time.
1: Yeah. Well, no, it's a good it's a good sign that they said it's going to be this year, and actually, no, it's not. It's going to be next year because it's not ready as such. And that's a good sign, I think. We'd rather have that happen rather than just them um, just rush out a boss deck or something, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's always been it pretty always vague. <laughs> James James said, like, I I think he said last year he said twenty twenty three at the earliest, and it yeah. turns out that like it's not even this year. So yeah,
3: he said like he said like we're aiming for twenty twenty three um uh, i think yeah. was was the actual exact wording and uh like yeah you can you can aim for stuff but sometimes you miss so <laughs>
1: sometimes you miss yeah <laughs> sometimes you just get a buzzsaw trap anyway um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, just you, you attack for five good day sir good
1: day sir i said good day <laughs> Huh. Oh, what is that from? Good it's, it's day from, sir. It's from Willy, Willy. Wonka. The yeah. original. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's like
0: good day sir. And he's he trying to say day,
1: sir. I said good um. day. <laughs> oh. oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh. Is it raining? Is it snowing? Oh, when they're in the like, when trippy. they're in the boat. Yeah.
0: There's like, no earthly way of knowing. Just like LSD trip, man. Like a bad, bad trip
2: oh, which direction we are going <laughs> oh, a wild movie oh that's
0: boy a wild, oh, it is
1: wild. <laughs> anyway yeah let' us know in the comments yeah. below as to what you want to see uh from the uh from the social and casual development of the game obviously it's growing and uh yeah we've got some wild speculations but you know maybe next year some of might have come true to a certain degree we will see um but yeah Anything in the arse? No. <laughs> Bill?
0: Bill, you got you got anything packing?
3: Packing anything? Uh, not that I haven't already talked about. I mean, I'm, I'm once again looking forward to uh, to skirmish. Ooh, yeah. uh, looking forward to trying out. I, I haven't fully decided if I'm gonna bring Prism and just try to prey on the the wizards, but um, <laughs> I I. Probably will. Yeah,
2: I
0: got Spike my it. got my decks all ready to go for the audio listeners. I'm holding up one of the professor's <laughs> deck boxes.
1: Uh, uh, I am as well, <laughs> it, but you it, can't you, see it's it. It's like
0: it's like invisible, <laughs> stealth. You sent me the invisible one. It's got stealth. Uh, so I, I am <laughs> also looking forward to to playing more playing more flesh. And blood. <clears throat> oh, I have. Quickly, I won't go into it too deeply. I have been, I had some extra time while I've been like waiting for videos to export because I've been editing a lot. And so I uh, finished Resident Evil 4 remake. It is very, very, very good. And then yep. it inspired me to go replay the Resident Evil 2 remake and the Resident Evil 3 remake. And I've been having a ton of fun replaying those. They are fantastic. I'm a big, I'm a pretty big fan of Resident Evil. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then i yeah. on top of that, I started watching some resident evil youtubers and watching their content uh sphere hunter she does good stuff and so i've been watching her like retrospective of all the old games and stuff so that's what i've been doing while i wait for videos to export is been watching resident evil and playing resident evil so
1: <laughs> yeah is resident evil 4 like still the same then is it <clears throat> it's <clears> pretty <throat> clo- same
0: it's pretty close yeah yeah uh it's it's you know much more polished graphics obviously look incredible um yeah. It's it more realistic. it Doesn't have uh, the enemies still drop loot and stuff like like they do in, in original RE4. The merchants there, uh, every every time he shows up, uh, it reminds me of you as because you know he's got like this British accent. Uh, Welcome. What you what you buying? <laughs> um,
1: what are you selling?
0: Uh, Oh, I'll buy it at
1: a high price. Oh
0: yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I lo- so it's a very good game.
1: Um, I highly thank you. Yeah, I highly <laughs> thank you.
0: Highly recommend it.
1: Um, um, oh, I want a wild one. Two a.m. nearly. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that checks out. Um,
0: so, but yeah, very very good. I would say as good as the RE2 remake, maybe better. Different. It's more actiony, like. Re4, right? But still very mm. good. um So, nice. Yeah, I like Resident. Interesting.
1: It is definitely a good franchise. I absolutely oh, used yeah. to love it when I was a kid, the old school ones. Um, and when they transitioned into Re4, I was like, "Wow, this is so sick!" But I haven't, I haven't actually played any of the remakes, so oh. maybe I should.
2: They
0: have been putting them up for sale every now and then, so sometimes you can get them for like super cheap. Like, I think at one point you can get the RE2 remake for, like, five bucks or something. Oh, so wow. Yeah. If you can just wait for a sale, you can probably pick both of the, the two and three up for, like, less than, like, 20 bucks. Um, yeah. I, rec- I recommend them.
1: Um, it's just... A, it's just a, We'll wrap it up in a sec. But this is just the sheer... The sheer terror of Nemesis, like, coming through the window. And, again, random encounters, variants. You just just having a mm-hmm. whale well of a time, Jill walking around with a shotgun, suddenly ding, ding, and the fucking Nemesis comes running out of, the, running out of his bazooka. Yeah.
3: Stars!
1: Yeah, you just yeah. absolutely shit it. It's ridiculous.
0: So, I've, I have heard from people I've never played the original RE3. I have heard from people who played the original RE3 that the remake is slightly disappointing. Um...
1: Yeah, I've heard that as well. But, but
0: mm. I never played the original, and I thought it was a lot of fun. So mm. it, maybe if you don't compare it to the original, I think it's fun. Like, you, yeah. the the Nemesis is still there. He doesn't stalk you as much as Mr. X does in RE2 Remake. RE2 Remake, Mr. Yeah. X is just like,
1: he, he's, at some points, he's just there, like. He's just there. Well, that's that's what I mean. That's that's what I that's what I loved about the old. I think the old ones as well were just more janky because they were fixed camera angles. So it was yeah. almost like you you didn't have the dexterity to be able to escape him running at you. Like yeah, didn't did, didn't have the same sort of feel. But yeah, it's just traumatizing as a kid. I used to think Nemesis was chasing me. <laughs>
0: um, See the first, the first RE game. I play. I won't get too much into this. Is four. Four was the first one. Is the is my introduction because we had a GameCube oh, yeah. and I never had PlayStations. I was a Nintendo kid, so I never had a chance to play the other Resident Evils. And so when RE four came out on GameCube, uh, we got that, and uh, that was my first introduction. And I just like absolutely loved it. Leon is like one of yeah. my favorite, one of my favorite characters. I bought even bought a coat that looked like Leon's coat from RE4, you know, like the oh, wow. the leather thing with the thing like yeah. I even had like Leon oh, hair. Epic. Not specifically from Leon, it's more cuz I had just had emo hair, but it looked kind of like Leon's hair. Um <laughs> So oh, I, brilliant. I I am a big fan of big fan of RE Evil series. Uh, I think
1: I think yeah, I think we all well, I I I've definitely bought a coat that looks like Squall's coat from Final <laughs> Fantasy 8. <VIII. laughs> it's close.
0: It's actually <laughs> close to the Leon coat. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, leather, was like a fur, hood, fur yep. collar thing. Yeah, yep. like a right idiot wearing that back in the day.
0: <laughs> I had mine up until college, actually. It was black. It was black and had like the white, yeah, like the white like, fur lining. And I wore it like a decent amount. It was pretty, pretty heavy, but...
1: Just used to walk around like thinking you were like part of the game. Like, that's like... <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> anyway... I have been Az from Go Again Gaming. You've been listening to Living Legends podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been your host for today. You can find me on Go Again Gaming on YouTube and uh, Go Again Gaming AZ on Twitter. And yeah, just drop the new uh, episode of Ultimate Pit Night, the first one of many. So go and check that out on YouTube when you can. A lot of time and effort went into it. Um, and uh, I'll throw it over to, to Kel.
0: Oh, hello. Uh, I'm Kel, mm. also known as Red Zone Rogue. And uh, you can find me everywhere at Red Zone Rogue, mostly on Twitter. Uh, if, you, if you try to message me on Instagram, this has happened a few times. I don't check it. And then I check it, and it's like, message was sent like a month ago. And I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I, I guess I'll respond now. But like, I don't, I barely check Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, thanks for watching. How about, how about Bill? Nice. How about Bill?
3: Hi. Yeah. I'm Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BillTSF. And you can also find me on YouTube uh, at Spike Feeders Fab. Uh, we do live edited gameplay content. So if that's something that interests you, you should definitely check it out. Um, thanks for hanging out with us.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, cheers. <laughs> it's been a good one. Um, but um, mm. until next time, we're going to do it all over again. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you soon. Bye. Peace. Excellent. Absolute ramble. Absolute ramble!